0: hey everybody welcome back to the end of the bench podcast today we're gonna keep the episode pretty short only talking about three games all in the nba first starting off the game that took place just the other day before the warriors bulls games where the warriors absolutely ran over the bulls i want to talk about the warriors bucks game the warriors lost this game 99 118 and the largest lead Milwaukee was 39 points. Golden State never led in this game and also there was a very poor performance by Steph Curry who shot four for 11 in 29 minutes and two from six from the three-point line. He did have eight rebounds four assists but Klay Thompson also had a poor shooting game. Gary Payton didn't contribute as he usually does. Andrew Wiggins did okay but they didn't have a single player over 20 points scored. And this is a Warriors team that we haven't seen for many games this year. And I think they were very Giannis. And Giannis, on the other hand, had a pretty good game with 30 points, 11 assists, 12 rebounds. He was over two from three point, which doesn't really matter when you have 30 points. But Chris Middleton also had a good game. Portis had a good game. Allen had a good good game. Their bench struggled, but their starters did so much of the work that they didn't need their bench to do much. Bobby Portis was a uh, kind of surprised with 25 minutes, 8 of 16 shooting, and he was also 4 from 7 from 3-point range, which was pretty good. And I think that the starting lineup was so dominant in this game that the Warriors never really stood a chance, especially with how bad they played. The Bucks just played so good that they never really had time to catch up. Now for team statistics, the Bucks absolutely destroyed the Warriors on field goal percentage. The Bucks shot 51.2% while the Warriors shot 34.7%. And that is such a wide margin that I don't think the Warriors the reason this game was so lopsided is because the warriors had such a low field goal percentage and the bucks had such a high field goal percentage and it wasn't just from like regular shots it was 3.2 because the three point percentage for the warriors was 33 while for the bucks it was 43 which is a 10 percent gap which is a lot free throws were pretty even rebounding was led by the bucks by only five but turnovers were also led by the Bucks, which is surprising because they had 19 fast break points, the Bucks did, and the Warriors only had four. And for the team that had more turnovers to have more fast break points is pretty surprising. Now, the reason back again, when I think Golden State lost was the bigs on Milwaukee that kind of overtook the game. And that's why Milwaukee had 40 points in the paint while the Warriors only had 28. And I think this game fits into the next thing I wanna talk about, which is the Warriors-Bulls game because I think the Warriors had time to talk about what happened in the Bucks game and try to fix some of the flaws that they had seen in their game plan. This game ended 138-96 in the Warriors' favor, and this is against, at the time, a 27-12 and Bulls team, which was number one in the East. And the Golden State Warriors are 31-11, which is still the second seed in the West, but the Bulls have just been dominant for most of the year. And the Warriors had already beat the Bulls once this year. And again, Curry had a pretty poor shooting night at 7-15 and 4-10 for 10 from 3-point, and he only had 19 points in 28 minutes. But Wiggins had 21 points, Poole had 22 points, and Jonathan Kuminga had 25 points, which is really good for him, especially a young rookie who is drafted pretty high in the first round who hasn't seen the floor much this year. It's really good for them to get him going in a way that He can benefit the team, not only in points, but in rebounds, assists, and he actually had five fouls this game, so that's not a way that he should probably contribute in this game, but I also liked watching Damian Lee. He contributed pretty well off the bench once they sat sat their starters, once they were up by enough, but again, with how this correlates to the Bulls-Warriors game, the Bulls shot 42%, while the Warriors shot 56%. The three point percentage gap was almost 20 in the favor of the Warriors and also fast break points was in favor of the Warriors, seven points in the paint was also led by the Warriors, 56 to 42. And I think that the points in the paint battle for the Warriors will also be greatly changed once Wiseman comes back because he's a bigger guy that can stand in the paint and be a defensive led player. And in these games, the Warriors have not had the heart and soul of their team in Draymond Green. So they haven't had that defensive mind. And I think that's why the Bucks scored 118 points. But to come back and make the number one seed in the East only score 96 is pretty good, especially thinking that you don't have a player who's probably going to be first team all defense this year and maybe not defensive player of the year. What I think else is important is that the Golden State Warriors limited themselves to seven turnovers and got Chicago to commit 14 of them which is pretty impressive, especially thinking about how safe and productive Chicago has been with the ball this year. And this leads me to talk about the playoff picture in the NBA right now, because it's it's moved around a little bit, but it still looks mostly the same with those major teams that have been at the top for most of the year still there. In the Western Conference, the Grizzlies have came to the 3-seed at 30-15 and 15 after having an 11-game win streak, which was ended by the Dallas Mavericks the other night. The Dallas Mavericks, on the other hand, are now the 5-seed. The Lakers are at the 7-seed. And then at the very bottom is still the Rockets. And I think one of the surprising teams is the Sacramento Kings at the 10-seed, 18-27, and 27, because they've been struggling a lot this season. But where I really want to look is the East right now, because the East is being really competitive at the top, with the Bulls at the 1 seed, Heat at the 2 seed, Nets at the 3 seed, Bucks at the 4 seed, 76ers at the 5 seed, and Cavs at the 6 seed, with only about 5 games in between the teams and losses. Now other teams that still have a chance of making the playoffs would include the Knicks and the Raptors and the Celtics and even the Hawks and Pacers. The Pacers is where it drops off a little bit to 28 losses, but the 8 seed only is Twenty losses. So that's only an eight-game differential between a team that's the 13 seed in the East and a team that's going to be in the playoffs. So I think that the Eastern Conference is very competitive this year, and I think that's going to be fun to watch how that plays out. Speaking about how the Eastern Conference is very competitive this year, I want to talk about one game that was very fun to watch the other night. In a way of how the Eastern Conference is going to play out this year, this game was the philadelphia 76ers and the boston celtics and the philadelphia 76ers this year have looked pretty good especially with the knowledge of ben simmons being out because joel Embiid had 25 points maxi had 23 points korea had 17 points harris had 17 points and Thibault had eight even when he's a more defensive player now off the bench they got drummond to get nine which is big especially for a player that's not supposed to be contributing as much as you think But I want to go back to Theibel because even though he only had eight points, he had five steals and two blocks, which is really good to have a defensive player in there to get that for you. And all of the starting lineup for the 76ers was plus 10, except Tyrese Maxey. So that's pretty good to have your starting lineup that highly ranked. On the other hand, with the Celtics, Jason Tatum had 20 points, but after that, Jalen Brown had 21 and that was about all the production you saw. Williams had 12 and Nesmith had 10 and Pritchard at 17. But as a total team, they only scored 99 points on 35% three-point shooting and 47% field goal percentage, which is pretty good. But when you account how many errors they made in this game, they probably should have lost by more than what they did. Because on almost all the statistics in here after free throw percentage and stuff, they were kind of dominated. And assists, they lost by six. Steals were led by the 76ers by eight. Turnovers were led by the Celtics 20 to 10, which is really bad. And then points off turnovers, the Celtics had 31 points off their 20 turnovers, while the Philadelphia 76ers only gave up 16 off their 10. And the largest lead of the 76ers was 22. And I think this game was a good game to wrap up the podcast with because the 76ers have really improved their game not surrounding their offense on a ben simmons like character but more of a tyrese maxi and seth curry type character and because the boston celtics have been really struggling this year and i think that they should be talked about more as a team that might need a little bit of rebuilding instead of a team that needs one more piece to be in the nba finals so that should wrap up the podcast. Thanks for listening. On Wednesday, we'll talk about the NFL and how the wild card games right now are affecting the playoff picture for next week.